Welcome to the Black Sheep Economic Development Podcast. My name is Tom Cole. Let's go. As we begin this episode, I feel compelled to make some obligatory and commemorative announcements. And first of all, this is uh, this this episode is coming to you a bit late. So first and foremost, happy belated New Year. 2022 was absolutely fascinating for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was or is the state of the economy with dismal workforce availability, reckless fuel costs that further exacerbated an already sluggish supply chain, and of course, rising prices on nearly everything. But it was seemingly, perhaps marginally, better than the COVID-heavy years in recent memory. All in all, 2022 was tolerable, expensive, but tolerable in the realm of economic development. All that to simply say, I hope you had a great holiday season and are off to a wonderful, wonderful new year. I've been incredibly busy. That's why I'm bringing this to you almost a month late into the new year. The second and final obligatory or commemorative announcement is that DevCore Strategic Advisors is celebrating its 14th year of existence. I've promised that I will never sell our services on this podcast, but 14 years is a solid achievement. So that's that. I'm sharing this episode from the 2023 IEDC Leadership Summit in Tucson, Arizona, so be forewarned, the sound quality of this episode may be waning based on both the acoustics of where I've perched myself and what the dry air has done to my voice over the past few days. This is a conference that traditionally has been a bit of a think tank for economic development leaders. In other words, this is an opportunity to communicate with peers from around the world which is very advantageous as it serves as a massive idea exchange for the few days that we're here. As such, the creative and perhaps intellectual juices begin to percolate, hopefully with just about everyone that's here, but it it reliably happens for me. I come here to kind of sharpen my sword, to get new ideas, and to really do a a little introspection. And this podcast is actually the result of a little introspection after hearing a few people discuss a bit of a one-sided perspective on a development situation that they're, they've been dealing with back in their community. So the title of this episode is Spheres of Concern. In any economic development project, all parties want something different while simultaneously wanting the successful completion of a given project. Oftentimes, as new economic developers, you may become solely entrenched in your side or your component of a project without really contemplating the concerns of the developer and or business owner. I believe it's important to recognize and understand both sides of the equation. I think this understanding will allow you to elevate your skills and knowledge of what's occurring on the other side of the table so you understand how an economic development project operates and functions and and what the concerns and needs are in its entirety, not just those slivers that that are typically carved off for an economic developer to complete uh, during that project. And and, and a lot of this for for many of you will simply be review, but I think it's good to kind of throw it out there from time to time and just identify what the concerns and needs and desires and goals are from the different players that may be in a particular project. So if you're in an uh, economic development organization or a chamber of commerce, you're typically looking for a win that ideally creates jobs, provides new capital investment into your community and demonstrates an evolution or recognition of your community as a great place to do business. The pressure uh, on you associated with this is twofold. 
one, that you're growing or enhancing the community, and two, you're showing tangible impact, which justifies your existence and relevance, i.e., the folks who give you money, whether that be uh, a, a local government, municipality, or if you're a membership organization, the, your your wins, your victories, your ability to at least incrementally enhance your community demonstrates to those people who give you money that they are giving money to a great organization and are getting a bit of a return, a community return on their investment. If you're in government, economic development practitioner in government, a city, county, state, whatever, you're looking for a win-win. The private business and the community yield success through the completion of a project. The days of giving away the farm without an expectation of payback are generally over. You're also looking for newer expanded businesses in your territory, newer or a newer retained employer with new job creation in your territory. You're looking for new capital investment uh, as a government entity, perhaps redevelopment. And even if small, even if it's an incredibly small project, never discount the value of redevelopments. Small redevelopments can have huge aesthetic and emotional power. If your community sees and feels a positive change, that often breeds additional successes or investments from those who see a turnaround in progress. I think on a, a much earlier episode, I talked about a little Aldi project that I did in a small suburb of, of Kansas City. And that small little project, it's a 17,000 square foot place to buy you know, inexpensive groceries. It had a dramatic impact on a particular intersection and concurrently, and as a result of that, spurred other investments by people who want, who also did who did they didn't want to be the uh, uh, the ugly duckling on the block anymore. They wanted to enhance what they had because of this particular little redevelopment project. If you're a government, you're also looking for new energy, something that enhances the community. Uh, for example, if if you've got a movie theater, and if they only show the same films. You're going to grow tired of those films and ultimately cease patronizing the, the theater. The same goes for a community. If the offerings or excitement plateaus, you're likely losing ground. And I, I don't want to make this sound like our job is to constantly entertain our residents or citizens because that's really not our job. But if people become stagnant and restless and tired of the offerings and view, if you will, the aesthetics of a community, it's going to plateau and you're probably going to lose ground and you're going to start to hear about it from uh, either the residents or they will vote with their feet and start taking their dollars and free time and perhaps jobs other places. Uh, if, you're, if you're a government, you're also interested in advancing a business park or spurring aesthetic enhancements, but you're really looking for validation as a place to do business. You're also looking for a happy governing body and citizens. That's your pressure. If you're in government, that is your pressure. Uh, keeping your governing body, your county commission, your city council, your board of aldermen, whatever that body may be, and keeping your citizens generally happy. You're not going to please everybody all the time, but uh, the goal is to keep them uh, uh, generally pleased with the performance of your community. You also want to see a return on the investment in economic development. And that's through additional tax dollars, sales tax, payroll tax, income tax, property tax, residential demands, whatever, uh, because the cost of government is like anything else. It's not getting less expensive. So you've got to keep those tax dollars flowing, regardless of whether or not 
um, the community is really growing. You have to grow. You have to enhance, um, like I said, because the, the cost of doing business as a government certainly is not getting cheaper, much like any other industry. And government wants to see growth. Here's a fact. If a community or a state is not growing its commercial tax base and working population, it is in all likelihood shrinking. When such things shrink, the demand for government services does not correspondingly shrink, like I just said. Roads, bridges, social services, parks, pools, etc., continue to hold the same required costs as before. If you aren't bringing more businesses and residents to the party, fewer of them will be responsible for carrying the tax burden that allows government to provide services. This equates to unhappy residents and unhappy city council, county commission, or state legislative leaders. Instead of sharing how they work to ease the burden of taxes by creating more payers or income streams, they're faced with the challenge of justifying tax increases on a stagnant population. Not a good position to be in. And if you're a developer or the developer side or the business entity side, your end user, your ultimate customer, that's the part of the equation that many economic development professionals don't understand. We don't often acknowledge or comprehend the pressures and goals of the private sector. We get stuck in our side of the project. So let's discuss that a little bit. If you're a developer or a, or a specific business and you are putting together uh, what's, what's ultimately an economic development project, you have these goals. You want to make money. That's an obvious one. They're in business to make money. You want to grow your business. You want a new or expanded facility. Now we're talking about the project. And, and you want these things because you want to bolster the interest in, the, in that particular firm from customers and your workers. You want to accommodate growth needs, plans, and goals. See, the end user has a problem. Your project, this project, provides a relief from that problem whether it be workforce, uh, inadequate facility size, logistics, tax structure, tax structure, whatever, they have a problem. This project helps alleviate that problem. And I think we did an episode uh, a bit back about that. And they have many challenges. And oftentimes we, uh, and I've heard governing bodies and I've heard other folks in local government and, and whatnot, uh, kind of negate some of the challenges that independent business and developers have. Uh, with this this sort of un, uh, unsubstantiated notion that the developer has as much money as they want, so money doesn't really matter. Um, but that's absolutely not true. So they do have challenges. They have they have challenges with their banks, with financing, tax credit lenders, and syndicators, particularly if it's a LIHTC or low income housing tax credit project that's that's under consideration. And they're racing against time. See, they have a construction loan in all you know in in most cases, they'll have a construction loan and a maturity date, which ultimately converts that construction loan to a permanent loan. Um, and they're racing against time for the actual completion of that project. Your planning department, the developer walks into those planning meetings thinking, are we going to get destroyed? Are there going to be added costs? Are there going to be unforeseen delays? And absolutely, over the past few years, we've seen un un uh, unperceived delays, particularly with COVID. I was doing a development deal in a uh, uh, rural part of the country, uh, rural, but the community I was doing the, the housing development in, I was building roughly 80 duplexes. 
the city itself had maybe 40 or 50,000 people, but it truly was a bit, you know, off the beaten path, kind of a standalone little 40,000 person community. Their entire planning staff had COVID for two week period. That was two weeks that I couldn't get uh, my plans reviewed. That was two weeks that I couldn't get inspections. That's two weeks that I couldn't uh, really advance my project and got behind. Any delay creates pain, whether with that developers, lenders, their investors, or the time frame that they've designed to start churning revenue. Of note, and this is a bit of an offshoot from the, the private business or the developer, their contractor is also fighting a battle to complete the project in accordance with the contract between the contractor and the business owner. Delays cause the commencement of something called liquidated damages. In other words, for every day, week, or month, the project is delayed, the construction company forfeits a predetermined value of their fee. It can be a hundred bucks a day, or in extreme cases, it can be $10,000 a day. This is why it's critical for your planning and project review team to have a definitive flow chart with a timetable available to the development team. Oftentimes processes aren't the item that companies and contractors have issue with. It's the surprises that arise from not being well-informed on the front end. And that's not to blame uh, too many people there, but it's actually, actually, but it's just a fact. Such surprises can be thwarted by hosting a pre-development meeting. Most communities do this, but if yours does not, I strongly encourage you to rally one together. In essence, you have the developer or business owner come into a meeting with planning, public works, utilities, finance, your fire department, whoever can have their, their hand in this project or whoever's going to need um, knowledge of this project or be able to create, submit uh, ideas or regulations to this project, they need to be in the room. This pre-development meeting, and I say this only mildly in jest, puts everyone in a room that can potentially ruin a project. The point is to have all concerns identified and addressed before construction commences to eliminate unforeseen delays. It's also a great idea to have the Economic Development Pro attend these meetings as well. It allows the same smiling face that convinced them that your town is the place for their operation to be, to be present and familiar when the project passes through the enabling phase and enters the regulatory phase. Incentive allotment timetable. The developer and or business owner wants to be crystal clear on the commencement and conclusion of any incentives that have been offered. This includes the application, governing body approval, when and how long any incentives will be realized. And those are really just a few of the spheres of concern the players in any project are concerned with. So while a project may seem theoretically simple, there's a lot going on in the minds of all involved. This certainly wasn't an exhaustive list, but it will certainly get you pondering what's going on behind the scenes between the meetings you have with your client. This also explains why the applicant is also pretty animated when it comes to timeline. I thought this conversation or topic was a great way to start the new year. Knowledge is power and economic developers who possess the knowledge of what other entities are enduring are even more powerful. So as always, if you have comments or questions regarding this episode, drop me a line at Tom at DevCore Advisors, DevCore, D-E-V-C-O-R-E advisors.com. Finally, keep smiling, keep doing your thing and set some goals for the new year if you haven't already. Have a great one, and I'll talk to you next time.